0: So it is not a great feeling when you wake up. And of course, Mike Girardi, I see I have a tweet from him. And he's like, has anybody checked on Adam Rick?" And it's funny because you know, depending on who's sending this to you. And I know the MLB deadline's gone. So I didn't have to worry about it being like Otani was traded or something or anything like that. I knew it was Bears related. And of all the things that it could have been of all the fears that went through my mind when people were asking for a wellness check on me, like my, you go to some dark places. You don't even want to know what I thought of when I, when I turned around, I look and it's like, Oh, Roquan Smith requested a trade. Like, okay. That that's okay. That's fine. Like everybody calmed down. I know I forget if it was Shagru or somebody else, maybe it was Jack who was like, I'm, I'm, I'm I'm muting the word chill out or relax or whatever I say chill. I will tell you this: there is a song and dance to these negotiations. Don't remember like three weeks ago, Debo Debo was requesting a trade. DK Metcalf was requesting a trade. Deontay Johnson was requesting a trade. Hell, Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill were traded. This is part of the dance. Now, what you'll notice is that the guys who are approaching thirty. Were traded. The young guys on their second, not third contract, were all kept in house. So have some perspective. This is what happens when you don't have representation. And maybe it's a shot across the bow for me that perhaps at some point I actually do need an agent. But in any event, we're going to talk about all that stuff and so much more once Sammy here starts the show. Turn up your Turn volume. Up your- because you're about to listen to the sick, podcast. the sick Podcast with Adam Ray. Trying to cut it back, Justin Fields making magic happen. There goes Fields, touchdown! The sickest Chicago Bears and fantasy football podcast, sports entertainment like no other. It's gonna be sick. It's Tuesday night, you know what that means, it is time for Take It to the Rank, and our co-host for Take It to the Rank, Carmen Vitale, not with us at the moment, she could be here at any time, she could drop in, she could pop in, but of course she's on the road, she's going down for a joint practice between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Miami Dolphins, which incidentally uh, kind of impacts me as well, because Wednesday night on the NFL Network, I will be Uh, one of the co-hosts, one of the analysts on Total Access, MJ Acosta-Ruiz, Willie McGinnis, and me talking about that practice. We got the Giants coming up. Who's the Giants-Patriots Thursday night on the NFL Network. So there's a lot of cool things going on in the NFL. So if you can check out the NFL Network, we would appreciate it. And, of course, stay tuned here to the Sick Podcast. Uh, We will have a great show for you on Thursday. And we got a great show for you tonight. Whether Carmen can make it or not, I'm happy that all of you are here to talk about everything that is going on with Roquan Smith. So many emotions, so many things to go through. I honestly don't know where to start because I keep getting pulled in like six different directions, but I think that let's just start right off the top with the Roquan Smith thing. Of course, he's going to ask for a trade. And what was it he said? Sammy, can we pull up the the comment that, that he said, the new front office regime doesn't value me here. And... Yeah, that's that's not accurate. I think that I think that Ryan Poles, Matt Eberflus know exactly how good of a player Roquan Smith is. There is there is no mistake that he is one of the top players in the NFL. There is no mistake that these guys want him in camp. At some point, and this is one of the things, and one of the one of the nuances that you lose when you when you don't have a represent representative, because it is a tough thing. You know, and they talk about this when, when players go through arbitration in baseball. It's like it's very jarring to sit there and have a team explain why they don't want to pay you top dollar or why they do this. And there are, you know, football and financial reasons why you wouldn't necessarily want to pay a player like Roquan Smith a lot of money. But a lot of times these contracts don't work out, don't work out to the benefit of the team you know, that these guys have reached a peak or they out, you know, at some point you look at this contract a couple of years down the road and you're like, well, now he's a cap casualty. We've, we paid him too much money. Now we can't do that. And these are a lot of steps that you have to jump through when you're going through negotiations. And a lot of times that's why you have an agent who will, who will you know, kind of shield you from these things. The agent comes in and be like, "No, no, no, the team loves you. Like, this is just the part of the thing. This is, this is just, you know, one of the things that we work through because Roquan Smith is there personally trying to make this happen and not understanding the back and forth and not understanding the ramifications of the salary cap and everything like that, that he might get his feelings hurt. Like this is, I don't know. This is why sometimes, you know, when you were in high school, why you had your friend go up and ask somebody that you are interested in, like, Hey, do do you like my boy here? Like, Hey, what do you, what do you think of my boy? What do you think of my boy? Uh, what do you think of my boy Doug here? Like, do you like Doug? Do you guys want to go out? Do you want to go to Miguel's junior? You want to go hang out and have a good time? No, you don't like him. Like, okay. Hey, actually Doug. Yeah. She's not really, you know, and I'm not going to go up there and be like, Hey Doug, she's repulsed by you. No, you're like, ah, oh, dude. Yeah. She, she's kind of like somebody else. She's kind of like, ah, oh, no big deal. Like, ah, oh, you can do better. You know, like you, you have a represent representative there who is shielding you from the harsh realities of what is going on, and it's you know, and Roquan's not getting that, so of course he doesn't feel the love. Here's what I said, by the way. If we can pull up my thing, by the way, follow me on Twitter at Adam Rank, of course, follow me on Instagram at Adam Rank NFL. I look forward to Roquan Smith playing for the Bears this year. They're not trading him, like you're not gonna get the value for him. Now, if somebody walked up and gave you a Khalil Mack type deal, which I do not anticipate happening, like yeah, okay, we there could be a possibility. He's not going to be here. I just think that ultimately cooler heads are going to prevail. They're going to work something out. You know, Roquan probably doesn't have a lot of leverage. You know what I'm saying? Like they're still, forgive me if I've I've got this mistaken and I'm sure somebody like uh, Berlissima will jump in and be like, nope, you're wrong. But like, like, don't the Bears have the opportunity to franchise tag him again too? Or can they franchise? Like there's a lot of things that it feels like it can go on and I know a lot of people think this is an indictment of the Bears organization like oh this has been a disaster for Ryan like what disaster like it had we haven't played a game we haven't played a preseason game yet it's a disaster stop it he hasn't fixed the o- he hasn't fixed the offensive line he brought in Riley Reeve and Michael Schofield he drafted a a guy in the fifth round who looks like he's the left tackle of the future. I don't understand. Like, I don't know. This is it's I, I listen, Chagru or whomever can can block me for my toxic positivity, but I refused. I refuse to get brought into this hysteria that is surrounding the team. What I won't refuse, though, is uh bringing Carmen on. Carmen, bring her on. I said drop. I went, I'm like, <laughs> when Carmen, when I said I told Sammy, I said, Sammy, the moment. Carmen arrives. You just bring her in. I don't know. She doesn't need a huge introduction. She's a co-host of this show. People know her.
1: Where we, you're in? How are you? By the way, are you in Tampa right now? Or are you in Miami? I'm in. I'm here. Okay. No, I'm in Tampa right now, and I have to apologize for being late. They lost my bag, so I don't have any of my equipment with me. We've just Annoying. been rolling with the punches here. We're. we're just... Oh no! What but anything? Anything flying? for you? Anything for Bearson? Um, we appreciate Southwest. That. Which Southwest? <laughs> I, don't, I, know. I don't think Southwest. I, like I don't them. think
0: Southwest is Southwest is not used to people checking bags. I think that's their thing. They're like oh, like I, we, they have a whole empty part of this plane, <laughs> and uh, they don't like oh, somebody actually checked the bag. Like I've never I've seen four people in my life check a bag on a Southwest. That's why they're just not used to it.
1: Well, it never left Chicago, so apparently it's coming uh, in at like midnight tonight. Um, well, but yeah, so we're, we're making, we're making things work. We're doing things, but we are in Tampa. I will be at Bucks practice all week. Um, and their first for joint practices tomorrow with the dolphins and then, uh, for the game and then a couple more practices before they go to Tennessee. So, all
0: right, well, I'm going to, that's not uh, bears
1: though. And there's, a lot
0: that's of fine. There. <laughs> that's fine. I told everybody at the top of the show too. I'll be on total access tomorrow afternoon or tomorrow evening, depending on if you're on the East coast or not, we'll be covering that, that Bucks, Dolphins uh joint practice as well. I might be hitting you up for a couple of notes, like a couple of little nugs. You could kind of slide my way to make me. I'll I'll name drop you, of course. Like I'm not gonna I'm I'm not that person.
1: Slide you. I'm not that slide you some observations.
0: I know that Kevin Fishbane thinks I'm this person, but I'm not that person. I will give you, I will be like, Oh, I was talking to my 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 ears on the ground, Carmen Vitale. She told me that Leonard Fournette looks great. Whatever it is, give me something. You will be I'm looking up. for some,
1: I, I want I want some action. I want some action in the trenches. Um, I oh, really yeah. want to check out my guy, Rashad White, from Arizona State. Oh, yeah. I've heard that he's had a great camp. So I'm excited to finally get to see him, meet him. I also, Adam, this is this is yeah. very Bears related. I finally get to meet Akeem Hex. Ooh. I've never met him before. Never he's met been him. my favorite bear. Yes, he's been my favorite bear for like the last few years. And now I get to meet him and I'm really excited about it. <laughs>
0: I, I'm so excited for you. I would I was blown away when I found out that he was following me on Instagram. I'm like, what? Like, this is pretty amazing. So a little
1: bit of a humble brag there.
0: Oh, it was that's a non-humble brag. That's me bragging. That's a brag brag. There was nothing humble about that at all. I was very thrilled about that. But what I wasn't thrilled about was <laughs> the the inundation of people doing wellness checks on me today because of the Roquan Smith situation. Yeah. I'm really anxious yeah. to get your opinion on everything that is unfolding. How are you feeling about this whole situation?
1: I mean, I didn't think, I thought it was kind of just like a thing that was happening. I didn't really take it seriously because he was there, right? Like we heard from the from coaches, from players that he was participatory in meetings. Players were like, yeah, yeah no, he's still locked in. Like. I didn't think that this was anything, any cause for concern until, yeah, today, out of the blue, you get, like, it's never good when you see the Notes app, right? Like, you see yeah. the Notes app, it's too, and he doesn't even have his phone on dark mode. Can we talk uh, about that for one that, second?
0: That, I might trade him for that reason alone.
1: That is sociopathic behavior. <laughs> is to not have your phone on dark mode. Um, but no, I mean, I really, it's, it's funny though, because you really see in this situation, um, not only through like these negotiations that he doesn't have representation, but that note, I mean, that language in there was very direct. It was like yeah. the McCaskey family could potentially salvage this, but I don't see a way back to this organization. And like, that's something that I feel like if you have an agent in your ear, they're not going to let you say something like that. Yeah. um i appreciate his candor i appreciate him being honest and transparent and he's clearly hurt by this and like i also think like he's got a point in like he kind of has the cross to bear for linebackers right now and so if he agrees to a deal that's not fair to him that's that's not fair league wide i mean we saw what happened with the wide receiver market but yeah. from christian kirk of all people um that completely reset it so he's thinking about his fellow guy like and i I also just think that there's a lot that gets lost in translation when you don't have an agent. Like I wouldn't know the first thing about representing myself in any of these situations. Like someone is definitely in his ear and I don't know who that person is, but like, there's no way he's just doing this completely on his own. And I mean, you just, there's just, the process just breaks down in that way. And like, listen, I get it. You don't want to give somebody else your money. You want to do what's best for you and you only trust yourself to do that. Totally get that. Um, but agents do, they exist for a reason and they make things a lot easier in a lot of ways. And I like, I just, the language, I'd be so interested to see the language and the contracts and stuff like that. But it's like, how does he decipher that? That's my question. Like, I get, you see the DS, Rappaport kind of tweeted a couple of things that were the, the standout issues with the offer that the bears put on the table. And there was some sort of de-escalation of money towards the later years, which obviously protects the team. Um, I Like, yeah, I mean – and then for him not to be paid like a top linebacker, like the all-pro linebacker that he is, um, I think that that's probably the biggest number sticking out to him, in which case I'm like, the Bears have the money. Just, just pay him.
0: Yeah, that is um, – it It smacks of a family member putting this in this head about like you need to tweet or however – you get this information out there. And I don't know how it originally came out there because if it was Ian Rappaport, and I see that Ian is the one who's being credited with this. Normally that's an agent who's like, Hey, we need this out there. Like the Kyler, the Kyler Murray situation, like that doesn't get out there without somebody being very purposeful about how this information is getting out there. So somebody, there is somebody who somehow has a tie to Ian and I don't know. I don't know if that means that, that Roquan is actually working with somebody and a who is. I don't know if it's a uh, a somebody who's a um, consultant or whatever. But it's like, all right, well then just do it. You know what? Look, like, I would always feel like I would always feel terrible about these situations because you know the team could. I mean, the team probably is trying to get away with like. I would do that too. Be like, dude, we're gonna give you three hundred million. And you're like, oh my God, that's amazing. Because a lot of people read contracts and like $300 like whatever. And you're like, right. oh, 40, $40 of it is guaranteed. And you're like, wait a minute. Like, I, you know, like that kind of thing. Like, I don't know. I would always be worried about somebody trying to pull a fast one on me. So I
1: don't yeah. know. I'm- and because teams are going to do what is best for them. They're going to try to protect themselves in every way. And I mean, I think the Bears also are kind of not as progressive as maybe more teams are or willing, like, the landscape is changing guys are getting more guaranteed money and like again i'm always on the side of the player when it comes to that kind of stuff because their careers are so short they're putting their bodies at risk they're putting their like their their life after football at risk um in doing so so i think they should you you get as much as they can Um, and the league is like there's more leverage more and more leverage is going to the players these days and you can't really get away with pulling a fast one on them, yeah. especially in the age of social media too where all everything breaks and you see all the details from everybody's contract and this that and the other so like i think the bears are a little bit stuck in the past when it comes to that like okay we're gonna do exactly what is going to benefit us and like not really give and like i mean roquan even said it's been like a take it or leave it type attitude from the bears and it's like you have to work with these guys now like th- like the, the nfl pa has smartened up as a whole players have smartened up as a whole like They're going after what's going to be in their best interest because they know that they are assets to these teams. They like the humanity is like actually Robert Sala came out and said it about Makai Becton and the injury there. But like the humanity is lost in these things. Like this is a guy trying to take care of himself, trying to take care of his family and set up future generations of wealth for the rest of his family. a guy that comes from nothing. So, like, you, you that's the leverage that he's working with. That's in his mind. And, like, I feel like the Bears need to be a little bit more progressive when it comes to the leverage that they give players and not trying to pull, pull fast ones on them.
0: No, I agree with all that. I, I agree with everything that you say. And then tonight, I will go watch the Angels and I will see Anthony Rendon on the bench. And I'll be like, yeah, guaranteed money's great. Um, no, I'm kidding. I, but like no, but the the Bears like they just came out with like who are the most valuable sports franchises? The Bears haven't even built their building in Arlington Heights yet, and they're already like a multi-billion-dollar like you can afford like just pay it like whatever like well, if you get burned on this like it'll be fine.
1: That and like they have the cap room. They're ha- they're gonna have like a hundred million dollars in cap space next year. Like. Yeah, you can see that they have the money immediately. Plus, I mean, granted, I get, I get it. It's a former O lineman GM, but like, you threw what eight and a half million dollars Riley Reeds way, like, yeah. just like right off the bat. You don't even know what position he's starting at yet. Like, if he is gonna start, I see that. <laughs> if he's even starting, exactly. So I'm like, I see that. I see that you have all this cap room, and I'm just like, I get that you have to build a team, and you have to kind of whatever. You have just figure out that puzzle for the long run but like this is a defensive cornerstone this is a guy that your defense does not run without this is also a very crucial part of Iberflus's 4-3 scheme like thing you need that linebacker in the middle there that's going to be directing traffic both in front and behind him so I don't I don't like if if you're gonna pay anybody pay row one
0: Yeah, I I I will stop everybody on the NFL Network who's like, yeah, he might be their best player. I'm like, let's dial it back. Like top three for sure. Uh, Here's what I will say though, and I said this uh, before you came on, is that (laughs) if you want to play bean counter, like if you want to play the Oakland A's mentality of like the evaluation, money ball. If you're money balling this, and like, I guess, like if you're if you're convinced that you know Eberflus can make. Just about any competent player in that situation, you know, I, I I get that. Okay, I will I will entertain that. I will entertain that. What I will not entertain, and this is what I want people to understand: when you when you're taking like, hopefully people aren't taking sides, but it's like I don't want to hear anybody be like he's not that good anyways. That's the one. Like that's been an instant mute. I and if the person's not following, that's a block. I will not entertain that. Like if you. Like if you're a money ball person, like I get it, like okay, that makes sense, but don't say that he's not a good player. Don't say don't like that's disingenuous. Like don't try to make yourself feel better. And if he gets traded, I don't I don't anticipate him getting traded. But I did say no, before he came either. on, I'm like, "Listen, if somebody comes in with some offer where it's a where it's a uh, Khalil Mack type of situation be like it was good. It was good knowing you, Roquan. But I don't anticipate that. I anticipate him being on the team. I think this is the song and dance that everybody goes through. And uh, yeah. by the way, he wasn't, he's not frantic. Like he's in the last year of his contract. If I'm, rec- if I'm.
1: Yeah. 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 Really so he so, could get so. franchised
0: next year. So he loses a little bit of, uh, yeah. of uh, what, he, what, what you would call leverage. Uh, leverage, But uh, I don't know. I think it'll, I think it'll be done. You know, um, I, I don't know if we good. want to jump into the, I, we probably want to jump into the questions, but I do want to, before we do that, I do want to, I've, you're the, listen, you're the offensive line whisperer. Uh, Tevin Jenkins, he's returned. I am an
1: offensive lineman. What are you talking about, Adam? I'm an offensive lineman. You're an
0: offensive lineman. <laughs> Tevin Jenkins is back. What do you make of his press conference? What do you make of his situation? Uh, just give us your read on that.
1: I mean, I, uh, yeah, I don't know. The press conference was not the best. We'll leave it at that. Um, I don't know that he was super prepared going into that um because do you think, the, by the way is,
0: do you think they did that on purpose put him out there and be like hey you gotta go meet with the
1: media like was that good
0: or bad you, i,
1: I think ready? i think that's like that's conspiracy like that's bordering on like kind of conspiracy like do you want to like you know throw him in there unprepared like that doesn't make anybody look good and yeah. i would like the pr staff there is great like i would not think that they would agree to that uh because yeah. that's also then a reflection on them um so by i by the way I, I their their pr staff is great Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout out, Aaron. Um, and Ben. They, and, uh, ben. And, and Ben. And Ben and Allie. Allie. Oh, don't
0: Allie. forget
1: Allie. Allie's the um, goat. She's great. And so I just, I, yeah, the, the, he wasn't, that wasn't a good situation. And I mean, there, I, at the same time, I don't know that there ever was going to be a good situation because you're going to get eaten alive by reporters in the third largest media market in the country. That's just what's going to happen. That's, that's, that's how it is. Um, but I was a little, I know that I was like, okay, we could get him in a, you know, like, left tackle. Like, Riley Reed can do right tackle. Like, I know, like, last week, I was kind of like, oh, we'll see. But, like, internally, I was screaming, and I hope you know that. Um. Yeah. So, now you see that Tevin Jenkins is rotating with Larry Borum at that right tackle spot, which is something that I had anticipated from the beginning, hoping yeah. that that was going to be the case. And I think that maybe the Bears that's an indication that the bears think he is going to stick around. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that they were maybe putting Riley reef in there as a contingency. I hope that's what they were doing because I hope that Riley reef is the starting left tackle. Um, That's his natural position. That's the position that he played most of his career. And I just don't think you want to leave Justin Fields blindside up to a rookie as good as Braxton Jones has done. And as well as he's like held up in training camp, this is still training camp and, you just, the margin for error at that position is just so little. And like, it could be one play that you mess up and that could be catastrophic. I feel like I've been using that word a lot lately because there's a lot of- It's
0: okay, because, listen, it's, <laughs> it's high intensity. Everybody, everything is catastrophic now. Everybody,
1: oh Ryan Poles- It's a good word Ryan is
0: Yeah, oh, gosh, it's it's the perfect word because uh, apparently Ryan Poles <laughs> is already a disaster. according to yeah. According to half of Twitter, he said, he hasn't done anything. I don't, it goes with the, like, you get the national media says it too. I don't know if you caught this. I don't know if we talked about this, but uh, we might've, because I would, no, no. Cause I was there on Wednesday where I had to go out. I had to go after Mike Girardi who came after me today on Twitter, but like I was going after everybody who was like, Hey, like uh, they, they were going after the, Hey, they did nothing for Justin Fields. I'm like, you guys, like, Anonymous voices on Twitter are one thing, but you guys should know better. That's what I did. I, I went to the. You should know better. That's how I had to admonish my teammates. Like you should know better. Like how dare you? Uh, well, at
1: least within earshot of you. Let's yeah, say that in the private They love of your it. own conversation.
0: They love. Listen, if but you not say maybe, it
1: publicly. Adam's going to hear it.
0: I'm going to hear it. I was on the air still. Like they were coming <laughs> after me, and it's like I think that I go and, I go. I think they probably are bemused because I go a different level because um, I, I don't want to call her out. But like Stacy Dales, like, you know, like she cares. Like she's, you know, she's in that building in Lake Forest a lot. So like you, you can't help, but care. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like it's, you know, your job, your job's easier when the teams that you cover play better. Like I covered, I'm, I'm sure I've said this a hundred times. I covered my rival college uh, when I worked for the Orange County register, I wanted them to win. I didn't care. Like, I'm like, I just want them to win. I hated it. Like I hated sitting in the press box at Blair field and all these guys like, Oh, Fullerton guy here. I'm like, bro, like I, I need to talk to Jared Weaver after the game. I don't need him pissed. Please go beat you. And I hate USC anyway. So no matter. Um, I'm like, go beat them. You know what I'm saying? So, but
1: I, but I'm the that's one that takes it. That's why I, people always no People always ask me, like when the bears play the bucks, like, who do you want to win? And I, I'm like, when I was working for the Buccaneers, I'm like, I want the Bucs to win. My job yeah. is 10 times easier when yeah. Bucks win. Like, I'm sorry. Yeah. I don't, my job doesn't like rely on the Bears. Like I want them to win every other time they're not playing the Bucs. Of course. But when they're playing the Bucks, I don't oh. want all my guys to be pissed.
0: What, what was it like walking through that hallway sorry. when uh, when Tom Brady couldn't find that fifth down? Like, hey, there's only four downs now, Tom. I don't know. <laughs> You've been playing long enough to know you only get four downs. Was that awkward? Was it was it no. a, was it a comedy? Was it comedy where people making fun of him, or is he the goat? and Nobody says a word to him.
1: Uh, no one said a word at the time, and then later on, though, and this is a shout out to Jill Beckman, she's the Bucks' social media coordinator and a very good friend of mine. Um, we went with a tweet later after the Bucks um, made it to the Super Bowl, and it was like or won the Super Bowl, and we we're like, "Hey, yeah. Tom Brady, how many?" Playoff games? Did you win? And it's the picture of him
0: going. Nah, oh. I remember that distinctly. That was such a good moment. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> and he's good on social really? media. And don't pull so, out. So shout curtain. out Jill
1: because that was her. That was her brainchild. Yeah, way to that go. That was Jill. her brainchild. So shout out Jill. We love that.
0: <laughs> yeah, she does a great job. I love Bucks Twitter. I think they do a really nice job. Um, I think the Bucks. They do. There are certain teams. I, you know, I can't. I can't give too much effusive praise to too many organizations because then people come after me. But uh, the Bucks and I are cool, so I appreciate that, and I've always appreciated them. But let's take some questions from the gallery. Uh, Adam, do do you agree that Roquan trying to turn the fans against polls is poisonous? Uh, Should we defend polls in this? Again, I just think this is part of the dance. You know, this is uh, we're sitting there. It's like now, now we're at a dinner party, and the two people, the couple that invited us, are now bickering, and they're going after each other. It's like, a, it's, like an episode, it's like an episode of the Gilmore Girls I just watched where Luke and Lorelai are pissed at each other and poor Suki has got to sit there between them No. And Jackson's there too, making anymore. bedroom. You don't watch the double G? Wow, oh, that's, that's on you. Like that, that's not something to be bragging about. But that's what it's like. And I, I don't think that we need to, we need to be very deferential and be like, hey, they're both our friends. Uh, we love both of them. Hopefully they will come. I think the key is let's not turn on them. Let's, you know, you let them work it out. You sit there. I'm going to quietly eat my, uh, my mashed potatoes while they work this stuff out passive aggressively. Although that got aggressive, aggressive with Roquan, but I don't think that it's poisonous. I just think that he's trying to get paid and he's trying to take the available tactics to him.
1: Well, And, I mean, I believe he used, if if I'm remembering correctly, I believe he used a language like he doesn't feel valued. And, like, that's valid. Like, you can't argue with how someone feels. And if that's the case because the contracts have been just, this whole process hasn't been what he was anticipating. I mean, like, you also have to step back and realize, like, Roquan's only going to be happy if he becomes the highest paid linebacker in the league. Like, that is his threshold, essentially. And anything less than that, is not going to be sufficient for him. So um, this is that that's his point of view and there's two sides and then the truth to the, to the story. Right. So I mm-hmm. also think like polls deserves a little bit more grace as well, just because I think this speaks more to the <laughs> dysfunction that he inherited and yeah. that he's trying to clean this all up. And that's not easy, especially for a first time GM working with mm-hmm. a first time head coach. Like, That's I think that this is more indicative of the fact that, yeah, like there's there's stuff left over that needs cleaning up from the last regime.
0: Yeah. You know what? He's got to uh, he's got some emotional baggage that he's got to take care of. Like that couple like Ryan Poles needs to look at Roquan and be like, I'm I'm not Ryan Pace. Like, I don't think you're not mad at me. You're mad at him. This yeah. should have been taken care of a long time ago. I need to wow, go Wow, this, this
1: analogy just really worked a lot in, on, on so many levels.
0: So many oh. levels. Like, I'm not the one you're mad at. Let's let's turn this, let's figure out a way. And uh, if we need to call the parents in, we need to call the McCaskies, then uh, then we'll do that. Um,
1: well, it sounds like
0: that's going to happen. It feels like it's going to happen. George is going to ride in. You know what? Honestly, I'm like, like thinking about conspiracy theories and things like that or whatever, I'm – pro mccaskey i think everybody knows that i do not take shots at the family i think that they sincerely love the bears organization and want to do everything mm-hmm. correct and uh i swear to you i'm going to take so many victory laps if it does end up that george turns out to be the hero i am going to be dunking on people like i am mj in 1991 reverse doing two hand like everything I, it'll be a dunk competition like it'll be so great i I almost secretly hope that it is George that saves it. Like, oh, where's everybody now? Where are all the haters now? Where are you at? Where are you hiding? They'll be got. Mm-hmm. They'll be quiet. Quiet as a church mouse. But that's okay. That's my. That's my sincere hope. But that would mean that he's back and he's playing. And that's what we all ultimately. And that's want. what
1: everyone wants. Yeah. That's what everybody wants.
0: That's what, including Rookwood. okay He doesn't want to go anywhere. He loves yeah. the team. He wants to be there. He's at family. Like, and there's no coincidence. That it was released Tuesday oh, for yeah. the Family Fest. Like somebody, somebody's right. plotting it. Like some somebody's in his ear. And again, it sounds like a family member. That's like, why hey. I'm like,
1: yeah. There's no yeah. way that like there's not someone that that yeah. is like helping him and and whatever because this is this is so much to
0: Somebody's behind or like to
1: be able to work through. Yeah, while you're so, trying to you know play football and learn a new oh. system
0: hundred percent. So hopefully this will be resolved. So I'm not going to worry about it too much, but uh, I'm also uh, going to allow another question. I don't know. That was a terrible segue. <laughs> um, Ichang, Adam, great meeting you last Yeah, Oh my God. Yes. Uh, by the way, to all the fans out there, you know, it was awesome. Uh, the fans were great. Everybody was cool. Like it was so much fun. I love the atmosphere. It was great meeting you last week um, and I'm heading I'm hearing from some media members that Roquan is not a top five linebacker. What do you think? Um, I think eighteen billion dollars a year is a good compromise. I, you know what? It's not my money. Pay him more. Pay him twenty mil. I do think (laughs) it's funny. It was Clay Harbor who was pointing this out. Like Pro Football Focus comes out like, oh look at the Bears, they're not playing this guy. And Clay pointed out like, hey, like you had him ranked as the 62nd linebacker. So before you guys get on your high horse. Like you should be applauding How? the Bears. Yeah, but that's the thing. First of all, like, who are the sixty-one other linebackers who are better? Like, that's preposterous. Is that
1: like is that like Pro Bowl definition of linebackers, where like out like off-ball linebackers just get jilted because they're not out there going against outside linebackers too, and the outside linebackers have all the stats? Is that was that? P- I would be. hope that PFF would differentiate.
0: I Uh, am very disappointed.
1: 61 other linebackers are better than Roquan Smith.
0: Not, not a pro. No, not, not even close, not even close. And it's, you know, if he was out, like if, I don't know, I I see a lot of dumb rankings a lot of times, mostly because I'm in the fantasy football space, but um, like top five, like, yeah, I would say top five, especially at his position. Like there are a few, if any, who are better than he is. And again, we're going into a situation with a system that is designed specifically for a player like him. So right. he has the opportunity yeah, exactly. to be the best. So I he's, not coming, he's
1: coming off the last two seasons. He had AP second team votes.
0: All pro Yeah, votes. Absolutely. Like people know, like people recognize and they, they recognize how good he is. So I, I do not agree with that. And by the way, again, good meeting all of you and everybody who took pictures. I did grab somebody's phone. And berated somebody's wife for not being there. I don't know. I I wish I could. No, because he was like, hey, you know, like we took a photo. He's like, oh, my wife wishes she could be here, whatever. And then I went over and watched practice. And as I was returning, he was on the phone and he was like, I'm on the phone with my wife. I'm like, give me that phone. And uh, we we talked for a moment. I didn't berate her. I was lamenting the fact that she wasn't able to be there and uh, wish I could have met her. But you know what? Hopefully I will go. Uh, Dustin, Adam Rank. Uh hold on I got to put my glasses on. <laughs> Wait a minute. If you could meet or talk bears with you forever my wife would be okay with it. You're the greatest talk show host. First of all, Dustin. I don't know if Dustin Duran is the person in question. But uh it was just one of the things. Like I don't know. I I try to be, you know, uh as forthcoming. It is a weird thing cuz sometimes like I never assume that somebody knows who I am because I've seen I've seen this happen to somebody else. I don't want to say who it is, but it was a colleague of mine who was like, hey, like somebody was looking over like, oh, like, oh, that guy recognizes me. So he went up to talk to him and the guy was like, I don't even like football. It was one of the greatest moments of my life laughing at my (laughs) colleague um, who I didn't particularly. So I was like, I never assume they have to come up and talk to me. Although I will tell you, I was walking through the airport in Dallas and I had, you know, whatever. And this guy goes, hey, good morning, football. And I'm like, hey, you know what's going on? Stop. said hello. And he's um, like, yeah, and he introduced me to somebody. He's like, oh, it's, that, it's this Adam Schefter right here. And I go, um, I, go, <laughs> I go, I'm sorry. He goes, no. I go, no, it's, it's Adam Rank. But I go, first of all, you recognize me walking through the airport with a hat on, yeah. out of context. Okay. It wasn't like I was at an Like when I'm at a Bears practice, people are like, oh, I know who that person is. But a lot of times you're out of context. Yeah. So people are yeah. like, God, I know that guy from so-. – like it happens, like the dude from Storage Wars will be there, and you're like, I know this guy from somewhere, and it's driving me crazy, and I can't think of who it is. But in <laughs> any event, enough about that. I know we've got plenty of questions. Sammy, let's not keep them waiting. Uh, rank, aside from the Roquan News, thoughts? Oh, that's a good one. Wide receiver. Uh, you know what? That is the one thing from the Prodigy. Thank you. This is a pretty, this is a pretty good observation on you. Um, you know what? This is a – it's a bummer. I think most of all, like it's a bummer. And again, I don't, I don't know how you go after the GM at this point. Like people are getting hurt. Like what? what? There's not injuries happen. You know, the, these things are uncontrollable. I think the biggest bummer for me is that Enkiel Harry went down because I was right. really hopeful for him. I when I was out of practice, you know, I saw him take a handoff. And I was like, oh, like, yeah, you know, like, he's a big dude. You're like, oh, you know, we want to use him like Debo. Like, mm, okay, I could see this. And yeah. he's blocking well. He was making some nice adjustments on some passes. Right. Really seemed to be working his tail off. You know, part of me is like injuries happen. So it is a bummer. But Darnell's still there, out there making one-handed catches. So I'm okay. <laughs> I'm still okay because we still have like, – Darnell Mooney's playing, Cole Komet's playing. We got David Montgomery, Khalil Herbert, who to me are the top four pass-catching options. Byron Pringle will probably sure. fit factor in there too. What do you think? Are, are we – I don't know. Until Pringle is like significantly ruled out, I, I feel like we can assume – uh, and Keel Harry's not going to be playing for a couple of weeks. But otherwise, I'm just going to – again, yeah. I don't want to get too worked up too early.
1: Yeah, I mean it's definitely not ideal, especially because within this new system, my whole thing has been like, well, that that's chemistry that they're losing out on. That's timing. That's getting Justin Fields kind of acclimated a little bit more to this system. Like, if he doesn't have reliable receivers to throw to, that's going to stunt his growth too. So that's where I'm coming from with why I like I these injuries are just like I was like, oh god, like David Moore got hurt. I was like, no, like can we stop yeah. because oh, like god. I think Bailey Jones is still day to day. Byron Pringle is thought to miss like the first part of the season. Like this is just that this is crucial time, especially when you have a new coach, you have a new offense and you're trying to get chemistry and like timing. Like again, like I've watched like the, the amount that goes into the relationship between quarterbacks and their receivers, whether that be wide outs or tight ends or running backs or whatever it is like there are so many nuances and intricacies to those relationships. And I've watched the greatest of all time develop those relationships. And it's like, It's literally down to like, okay, I want you to take this many steps on this route before you you cut over or you break it. And like depending on how your offense is set up and if you have more timing routes, if you have option routes, if you have, you know, if you are going off of yardage or steps or whatever it is. But this is the crucial time to figure all of that out. And so that is why that is why I think this hurts the most. I think that, you know, they'll get them back. And like you said, like they still have. Darnell Mooney, who Justin worked with in the offseason already. They were training together in Atlanta. But, like, this was the time for, like, the unit itself to gel. And, I mean, I've seen also firsthand what happens when you have a very thin receiver room, like a wideout room. Yeah. Um, and, guys, I mean, it, it just gives defenses targets, right? It puts all of these guys, if you have only three or four options, it puts targets on all of their backs for defenses. And it, it makes it easier to shut them down. You can't be as multiple Um, I think the Bears running game will save them in that provided the offensive line can hold up because then you can't like defenses can't force you to be one dimensional in that case, but it's still, again, just the adjustment of everything and trying to build this cohesion. It's it's, going to be stunted now. There's no way around that with these injuries, but yeah, I mean, like that's not the GM's fault. Like he had, he, for what he had to work with, like that receiver room was looking pretty decent. Yeah. actually, like, more decent than I think a lot of people thought. Um, and, and now, yeah, like, I mean, you talked about Nikhil Harry, too. He just, like, when I, we talked to him in the media, like, in, in training camp, all he talked about was wanting to be that, like, big-bodied receiver. And he wanted to be physical. And he wanted to be, like, you know, he takes a lot of pride in, receive, in blocking and all that kind of stuff. And that's something that this offense stresses, too, is wide receivers being able to block. Um, And he was just like, I want to play that really physical brand of football because I think that I, you know, he's got he's got the weight. He looks the part. Um, And now to see him get hurt and not be able to kind of run with his fresh start here in Chicago or there in Chicago. um, is Yeah, it sucks. And plus, as my Arizona State, dude. I I know.
0: Of course. I mean, again, I loved him coming out of college as well. And I thought that he was going to end up being a good fit. For the Bears, what have you thought about uh, Equinemius Saint Brown when you've gotten an opportunity to see him?
1: Yeah, he's also another one that's really physical, and I like they. We got like an up front, up close view of the receivers one day at training camp. I think this was the day before you we were there, and they were doing blocking drills with the little pass dummies. And um, Equinemius Saint Brown was like, you know, I, I act like I think it was Darnell Mooney and EQ that were going at the same time because it was two guys at a time. And so, of course, I was looking in the foreground at Darnell Mooney, but then I looked in the background, and I was like, "He is also a manhandling that dummy. That is great." Yeah. Um, and so, that's again a big emphasis. But I think that you know he comes from like a really good pedigree as far as his collegiate you know experience at Notre Dame, and then to come in and like, I think that he could be a little bit of a dark horse there, and I think that he's going to have to be obviously at this yeah. point because there's they're running they're rapidly running out of receivers.
0: No, he was one of those guys. Played locally here in Orange County in high school. Went to Notre Dame. He went. He went to a rival high school with his brother. And I, t- I said this on Greg Gabriel's show. Like, I'm gonna figure out who went to. I, I think Equinemius went to oh, yeah. Servite, and his brother Ammonra went to Modern Day. Can't remember. But then one of them goes to USC. One of them goes to Notre Dame. Like, you, can you guys just not go? Like, you have to go to rival schools, yeah. um, which is hilarious to me. I always felt like Equinemius, like it would be a bonus, like because he comes from the Packers, wasn't really used, you know, didn't get a real big opportunity there. Like if he came to Chicago and played really well, like that would be one of those things like you wish, like I, I wish for that to happen because it would be nice to have something on our yeah. side for once. It's kind of like uh, during the Monday night wars in the 90s, like when X Pac finally jumped over from WCW. I know this, I know this means a lot to you. I'm really connecting with you as I'm saying this. (laughs) But it was a small little thing. You're like, okay, it's the the tightest little little kid sitting there watching the Monday Night Wars with your pa. Like, oh, Xbox now back in the WWE. Um, But the thing is, it would just be a great story. And I think that for a while, you're like, I hope this happens just because it would be funny to happen to the Packers for a change instead of the reverse always seems to happen or whatever it is. But now it feels like a like now it has that like we actually it would have been a luxury before now right. it's a necessity. Uh, we still it, have Bayless Jones to Jr. too. Yeah, we still have Bayless Jones Jr. too. So it's like okay, like we can maybe we can patch this together. Maybe we can make this work. And I'm gonna have to go on to NFL Network. I'm gonna be on tomorrow defending Justin Fields. I'm gonna put up I'm gonna put up the board, which I always talk about. Like we might we might be in a situation where. Darnell Mooney is going to dwarf the amount of targets that Devonte Adams had last year for the Packers, which was 169, which is a significant number. That's huge. That is. That huge. is, yeah. I, I think the only thing that would eclipse, like, I think what Brandon Marshall had like 190 one year with uh, with Jay Cutler. So, like, we're getting into some un- not unprecedented territory, but like that's some some outliers. So. I don't know. Hopefully, hopefully somebody steps up. But in any event, uh, let's go to another question. There, Sammy. Uh, is jeez is oh, Justin Ebner. There it is. Uh, you know what? I suspect he'll lead running back to the catches in twenty-two and beyond. You know what? They really do like this running back room that they did. And <laughs> I don't know if you caught the, uh, the the press conference from last week where David Montgomery was kind of going through. And talking about all these studs that they have, and it does feel like there's a lot of guys who can come in and eventually make an impact for the team, almost to the point where it worries me about David Montgomery's future with the team, like, oh, we don't want too many studs. But I do think that they have a lot of options, and that's what we're looking for, is somebody who, you know, hopefully, you know, David Montgomery is going to be around for a while, but ultimately they're going to need somebody. And Khalil Herbert showed last year that he can step in and play what have you thought yeah. about Evner? I didn't get a chance to really see him, so I, I can't really give you a, a an up close personal evaluation of him. But did you watch him uh, during camp so far?
1: Watched him a little bit. I mean like, what everyone says about him is that yeah, like he's got the fluid hands and all that other stuff. You can maybe rotate him in on you know the third downs and, and use him kind of as that third down back. Although I mean, like David Montgomery can catch passes, Khalil Herbert yeah. can catch passes. So like you've got these really well rounded running backs in front of him. But that being said, like depth never hurts, especially when this offense is we're just talking about how the receivers are thinner and thinner and thinner. Like you're going to need to lean on one aspect of your offense. And what we've seen out of the Bears' offense without, you know, the, the, the little bit I've seen though, is that it's going to incorporate uh, and be a very balanced offense. And so you're going to see a lot more of the run game. Um, you're going to make sure that like that is solidified. I think first, just so you can run more of that play action, you can run more of those RPOs, those bootlegs, all that other stuff with and play to Justin Fields skill sets. That being said, like the run needs to be a threat. And so in order to keep that up, um, especially with the wear and tear on these backs, like you want to have as many as possible. I think each room across the league, I think they should have at least three that they can count on, um, especially in cycling them in and out. I think I talked about, I don't know if I talked about it on here um, or another, or my daily podcast, but I talked right. about how I think it was my daily podcast. We're moving more and more into this running back by committee type approach to the running game, just because oh, yeah. of the fact that yeah, like these guys take such a beating, and the more guys that you can have and switch out and rotate, you're just seeing so much more success um, this this that way, and and then you can have a substantial running game because now all these defenses are built to defend the pass. So if you can keep pounding the rock over and over and over again like you're gonna you're gonna confuse some defenses because they're just not built for that they're not built to be able to defend that anymore um, and so I, this league is cyclical and I, I can see it kind of starting a little bit um, but again like this that's probably left over from my childhood too of like right. smash mouth run the like right, run the ball like football um ground and pound all of that kind of stuff um, where again I mean that was the offense of the bears no <laughs> and then and, you had defense
0: <laughs> and I know a lot of people get upset when you talk about running the football and playing good defense like oh I'm so sick of it I'm so sick of it because the Bears have been doing that for generations and it's you know it's equated to one but that's the thing you know and now the the Dolphins are the outlier because I think they ran 12 personnel like 60 or 70 percent of the time last year Mm -hmm. but the team that was number two or at least two or three was the Green Bay Packers uh, the Bears were 13th in 12 personnel last season, but the Green Bay Packers were top three at least. They were not number one. They're no further than number three. And you know what? When you look at, you know, of course, Getsy coming from that system, they bring in guys like the family guy, Ryan Griffin. They brought in uh, O'Shaughnessy. Good guys to go along with Cole Komet. I do think that we're going to end up seeing a lot of 12 personnel and a lot of opportunity to run the football. And for everybody who gets upset by that, be like, well, the Packers are doing it. I think that there is something to this. And, you know, if you're a quarterback, and I know a lot of times, I know last year Philadelphia was trying to help their quarterback develop, Jalen Hurts, mm-hmm. and I think that's the mindset of the Bears is like, you know, this yep. is going to help him. like, And, and especially if, if Justin Fields starts to develop, starts to become an elite-level passer, that if he is as good as we hope that he is, having a solid running game and being able to establish the run only makes him better. So it should never be looked at as a, as a detriment. And by the way, I want to address this too because I asked somebody on Twitter who was talking about like I, I hate when people start throwing around the phrases like, oh, the Bears are tanking this year. There's no other way to describe it. It's like, what the hell are you talking about? And I asked this person. I didn't get to see a response. He might have responded or not. I'm like, would you have considered the Eagles last year as a team that was tanking? Because I, I certainly wouldn't have. But they,
1: they were, you know, they were limited. They went I think back to think in the beginning of the season, I think a lot of people would have. Yeah. You, like you didn't see them kind of, they figured it out. Like you were watching it in real time. Like we're so used yeah. to these just like immediate returns and all that other stuff. Like that's not the norm. You need a little bit of time. And they came, I mean, the second half of the season, they looked fantastic. Yeah.
0: And I think the Bears yeah. could certainly be in a situation very similar. I've said this multiple times. That's that's the model. That's a day. Mm-hmm. Not so much the Bengals. And everybody's like, oh, the Bengals, you know, what they did in Joe Burrow's second year. I think that Jalen Hurts and what happened last season is kind of what the Bears should be modeling this season, this year after. And by the way, if I could remind everybody, uh, if you're enjoying the show this evening, go ahead and comment sick right there in the comments. And another reminder, too, is that AM 1530, WCKG is the Chicago home of the Sick Podcast every Friday, 2 p.m. Central. uh, The Sick Podcast comes on. And then in an amazing cover two situation, uh, the no-name pod comes on right after us. Olin Krutz, Jason McKee. So a cover two hours of Bears football that you won't find anywhere else, uh, WCKG, AM 1530. All right, Sammy, how about another question? Uh, will our front four get enough pressure? You know what? This was one of the things. I'm sorry, I'm gonna jump in here real quick. Nope, Travis so Gibson, far. he was one of the most impressive guys to me when I was watching practice the other day. I know that he was he was getting he was getting around Riley Reef, and I know Riley Reef is getting up to speed and not, you know, he's in his ramp up period, but Gibson looked like a problem, and I really enjoyed seeing him get to the quarterback as often as he did, even though it was our quarterback, so it was kind of a catch-22. <laughs> I really do think that they've got a pretty decent front four and people are sleeping on them. What has been your impression of our front four?
1: I actually just wrote about this for the draft network, because I think the defensive line can weirdly be like a little bit of a bright spot for the bears this year. Um, Mm. The interior still gives me a little bit of pause, but um, like, I think Tyrus Tonga, is that how you say his first name? Um, He's looked really good on the interior. And then you have Justin Jones coming over But what I really like are these edge guys and Trevor, you bring up Travis Gibson. I had the same sentiment. I watched him in one on ones. I watched him in team periods. Like they were moving him all along the line too. Like he was inside, he was outside and the fronts were very multiple. And I think when you have confusion on your side, especially, and you have some pieces that are maybe a little bit more versatile, um, you can do a lot of really good things. And yes, you can simulate, you can do these simulated pressure looks and you can do all of this stuff that is going to confuse opposing quarterbacks so that, in a, way, in a way, it kind of hides any sort of either inexperience or holes that you have in that defense um, by, by kind of doing this. And I think the edge rushers, too, you got Robert Quinn, who uh, said, like, I asked him about switching back to a 4-3, and he was like, this is, kind of feels like coming home for me. And I'm like, this is a guy that had 18 and a half sacks and a 3-4 defense last year. Yeah. So, like, if this is coming home, like, that's going to look great. And then you got Al-Qadim Muhammad on the other side, opposite him and he is probably the most familiar with ibrifluce's system because he came over from indianapolis so right there i mean you've got some guys on the interior and then you have these edge rushers that are definitely going to be able to get pressure and um it, like and they're veterans too so they can they can help bring these other guys along a, a name that's kind of been like i feel like the hipster name of the bears has been like Dominique robinson the rookie. oh yeah Because, like, the Flew said that him and the defensive coaches, like, they find him intriguing. So take with that what you will. And then you have Richard Hightower, the special teams coordinator, say that, yeah, he can be an asset for us on special teams, too. So then you think that he's going to get in on the rotation there. And he could be a guy like Travis Gibson where he's a little bit more versatile. He can be outside. He can be inside. I mean, he's got the size to kind of do both along that front four, especially when, you know, the Bears are in some of these sub packages too. You got your nickel package behind you and you want some speed up front. Um, That's going to be very interesting for me to see. And I think that, yeah, this defensive line, you can push the pocket from the inside. um, But more importantly, you've got those guys on the edge that I just, I really, I have a lot of faith in.
0: It was amazing yeah. you know, watching – no, it was great watching the, the defensive line not even thinking like, oh, yeah, we saw Bobby Quinn. Like, oh, yeah, I forgot the guy who had 18-and-a-half sacks last year. We still have right. him watching some of these other studs get after it. And I think another important thing to realize too is go back and look at the success the Colts had against some of the Bears' common opponents this season. You know, mm-hmm. Eberflus really frustrated that – 49ers offense last year. Now, of course, it'll look a little different with Trey Lance at the quarterback position, but still they went out there caused a lot of problems. They were one of the teams that really humbled Mac Jones last season as well. And I know that ill will has been showing this stuff on his Twitter feed. And so if you want to go out there and look at it, like, God, they've done a really nice job or even has done a really nice job of going down and shutting down some of these teams that we're going to face this season. And I'm interested to see how he's going to approach some of these other quarterbacks. Now, obviously you know, it's going to be tough to stop Aaron Rodgers, but I think of like some of the scrubs like Jared Goff, which by the way, like, can we, can we stop? This can we <laughs> Are we going to do this again? Are
1: we going to do this
0: last trick? time? All right. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm not going to go after the Lions.
1: <laughs> Are we just going to rip the Lions? Or
0: like, <laughs> I I can't remember. You know, I do so many shows. I go around like, did I do this on my show? Did I do this on the tape? Never lies. We're like, I don't know. Did I do this with gray? I, I don't know. Am I am I playing the hits? I don't know. Sometimes I feel like I'm uh, Dave Grohl. You know what? I'm gonna sit here and I'm gonna play Everlong. Like I'm sorry, I don't know what city I'm in, but I gotta close with Everlong. I don't I know. I uh, learn to fly. Oh here! Wow! He uh,
1: oh there's oh that's the that's the Lions fan. Yeah. That's our Lions. That's that's our our, Lions like, hey, guys. I I ran to be in sir. I love, him them, sir.
0: Them. I love so, him. Like, No, no, no. I I love the commitment that he comes in here and listens to this show and he's here for an hour. And he knows that I'm gonna come so to start. Credit. I just his,
1: reined you in on a lion.
0: You did, you so did. You I did get
1: some credit from, from Don there.
0: For everybody who was hoping that Carmen was gonna start reining me in at times. There it is. A perfect example. Yeah, I did it. I've stopped. I it. Listen, I haven't I didn't go into a long dissertation about the Monday Night Wars. I did not go into a long dissertation about how the Lions are terrible. But Jared Goff is in his third season of Hard Knocks, which is hard to believe. In any event, see, that is
1: hilarious.
0: That is it. That is hilarious. All right. Is there another question though? I know we're coming up. We're kind of, I know you probably got to go to Ruth's Chris or whatever's popular in Tampa. There's uh, <laughs> D will be top 10 this year rank. What say you listen? Oh. I agree with this sentiment. I really do believe. Wow. I think that they're going to be very good. And especially with the improvements that they've made in the defensive secondary, I think that we've seen a lot, you know, Kyler Gordon stepped up Jaquan brisker has looked really okay. good. Eddie Jackson looks like he cares. Uh, Kindle the door. I don't know. Like, he looks like a player too. You're like, oh my gosh, we haven't even gotten an opportunity mm-hmm. to see Tommy Graham or anything like that. Jalen Johnson still right. one of the best corners in the league. You know, David Carr was ranking his, uh, his top corners and he had Kenny Moore on there. And I thought it was pretty interesting. I'm like, all right, I like Kenny Moore, but you know, you think of how he was kind of a, like, I don't think that he played that well for New England. Really, mm-hmm. really stepped up his game with the Indianapolis Colts. I think Jalen Johnson takes a step forward this season. So am I out of, am I out of, am I out of line? Should you be raining me
1: in when I'm talking top so 10? Should I be reining you in on this? Well, okay. I mean, initially I was a little bit of a sticker shock to be like, top 10 defense, that's a lot. I don't know. But ahead. one thing, the first thing that I thought, or the second thing I should say I thought of Was that, I mean, we played lion's
0: twice.
1: But Ibrifluz's defense is really stressed. And we've heard this from the guys too, like swarming the ball, making plays on the ball. And what does that do that creates turnovers? And the number one thing that can win or lose games is turnovers, right? So like, if you are a defense that is creating turnovers, that is like, that's going to pad all the stats. That's going to get you into that top 10. So like, yeah, if you can get those interceptions, those forced fumbles and, and do that and kind of come on the other side of this turnover margin, come on the plus side of the tur- turnover margin, like that's going to propel your defense, but that's going to propel the whole team. Yeah. So I, I like that about Eberflus's defenses. And I think that that's a really good mentality to see these guys. And like, we saw it in practices too, like even in individual drills, stuff like that, these guys are doing like those swarming drills where, you know, there's a ball and everybody's got to get to it. And like, that's, where and then I forgot which player it was that said it. I think it was al Qadin Muhammad who yeah. said that. Like that's like one of the number one ways to piss Eberflus off is <laughs> yeah. effort. And if you don't get to the ball, like if you give up on the play because you're not in it or whatever, and you don't go immediately to the ball just in case, that is the number one way to piss him off. And I love that. I love that. And, so, and like that's you can you increase your chance of being in the right place at the right time to make those things kind of those kind of things happen. So. Um yeah, I mean top fifteen for sure. I might I might ring it yeah. a little bit on top 10. Top am, 10 kind of like that's that's a little sticker shock for me, but top fifteen.
0: I'm, I'm going spicy. It's like when we're out I, like I love we're, it. If, if we're out having sushi and I just I just grabbed the wasabi and I just took a huge chunk of it. You're like, whoa, you're gonna do that? Like, yeah, I'm going in. That's the way that's <laughs> the way the I approach it. That's the way I approach it. I'm going in there, and I'm taking a big, big scoop of wasabi. Uh, when I present these hot takes because it's you know it's it's what I do. Now that is one thing though I do want to go back to what you were saying though because Iberflues and what we've the impression I got, I know that you've gotten this impression as well, it's like they want people who love football. And the people who do not love football are not going to last in Chicago. So that's kind of a refreshing attitude to see. Cause I don't know. Sure. I don't know even because it's funny like even Tevin Jenkins in his in his hostage in his hostage video, or I'm sorry, press conference that he had the other day, was uh, it still managed to take a take a swipe at, at Matt Nagy? Like, oh, that everybody, like even the guy who's been on the outs, who might be traded, who people are speculating on his future in Chicago, even that guy got in a swipe at Matt Nagy, which to me is hilarious. But um, I don't know, I don't know what I'm saying, but I I do know what I'm saying though is that people who love football should be checking out your new daily podcast. Can you tell us a little oh, bit thanks. more about this?
1: Yeah, it's finally on Apple, it's on Spotify. Um, it's the it's called TDN Daily, and I go over one major topic each day. It's meant to be, you know, around 20, 25 minutes in the time that it takes you know, to get to work because as much as I love all these podcasts, I don't always have time to listen to an hour long and I just want the you know, the hard hitting storylines and stuff like that. So it's been, I, I, my first week was last week. So we're working out all the, you know, the case and everything like that, but it's something that I'm really proud of. So check it out. It's on Apple. It's on Spotify. It's called TDN daily. I hosted, I have a lot of the guys on, um, and you'll have to come on and, and, yeah. and return the paper oh, <laughs> and, and yeah. And come on and, and talk some bears with me, whatever the storylines are that day, we tackle the most important storylines um, for a while. And then I go over some kind of some of the quick hits. Just so you're up on everything that you need to know that day for the in the NFL,
0: I would say you don't need the other guys. Like, get rid of them. We just need you. But it's cool because, like you said, it is. It's kind of like hearing a TED talk. Where it's like, yeah, you know what? And it's one of those things that if you're driving across town, like you said, you know, if you don't, if you're not living in Southern California or wherever where you have a hour and thirty minute commute, where you can <laughs> devote all this time. Like, it's a perfect amount of time, and it does get you caught on on everything. And I know it's impossible to, um, to, uh, to, to follow everything. Like it's, it is nearly impossible. So I really, I appreciate it for that sense. And too, when you see the time, you're like, Oh yeah, like I can do this. Like I can do 24 minutes. Perfect. Like this is a, this is exactly listen to it before we go to bed or whatever, short Mm -hmm. drive, taking the kids, picking the kids up, whatever. It doesn't matter. But I, uh, I implore everybody to give that a, a listen and, you know, like, and subscribe it as well. You know, even if, I always hate saying this, like, even if you're not listening every day, like subscribe to it, like let it drop. Like and subscribe. Like and subscribe. That's all that we ask. It
1: it does. It does me a huge favor if you do that. So please like and subscribe on Apple and Spotify.
0: So go follow that. (laughs) Go follow Carmi V on uh, Twitter and uh, Instagram as well. And look out for Mm -hmm. her reporting. From the joint practices of the Dolphin, of the Miami Dolphins and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I will be stealing some of that content for NFL Total Access on Wednesday night. <laughs> we're going to make that happen. I'll I will name check you on the Total Access. Um, any other words of wisdom before we get out of here? Because I know, listen, I know you got to get out of here. I know you got to go. It's a big night. You're back in Tampa. You probably I had a Tampa. huge. Oh my gosh. So what else? What? Give us no, I Do mean. Give me, give me, give you what? Give us a parting word. Give us some, give us some
1: encouragement. How should
0: we be feeling? Are we freaking out? How are you feeling?
1: No, I mean, at the end of the day, like the, these things happen all of the time. This is the national football league. So it's going to get resolved one way or the other. We're going to move on. This is all going to be in the rear view mirror soon. This is, this is the time to get all these kinks worked out. It's training camp. Uh, we haven't even played the first preseason game yet. So I'm not sounding any sort of alarms here. And I think that Bears fans are going to, I think that Brian Poles and Matt Eberflus have earned some patience. And I keep saying that over and over again. So just let it play out guys. Let it play out. No, I'm not. I'm going to rain all of, all of Bears Twitter. Yes. In.
0: Please do. What and uh, do. what, what Carmen Please. just said goes double for me. That's what I said. Like everybody just chill out. Let it play out. If, uh, if we're in week four and Roquan's not back, Uh, that's even extreme. Like, it's going to be fine. Like everybody just chill out and uh, let, 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 let the, let the business of football take care of itself. But I want to thank everybody who joined us here this evening. Once again, don't be afraid to leave the comment sick right there in the comment section. We would appreciate that, but I appreciate you, Carmen, for joining us. I know you're on the road and traveling and uh, not always easy to do this from a, a hotel room, but we appreciate you being here tonight. And we appreciate everybody else. We will see you Thursday for a new edition of the Sick Podcast. Hopefully, we'll have some clarity. We'll be looking forward to the first preseason game. So until that time, bear down. And Sammy, go ahead and play us out. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Adam Rank on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts.